0: Let's lift our voices and let us sing with joy in our hearts. Who am I? Who am I to know your glory? Who am I to recognize your voice? and years to come Who has won? I was dead In my sin You came in You made a way when there was no way You covered heaviness with garments of praise a song and you're singing it over me, yeah. I feel a dead heart beating now. This revelation makes me want to shout that Jesus has been sent. And everything is different. me now You found me somehow You turn morning into dancing You turn weeping into a joyful noise Oh rejoice I was dead in my sin And you're singing it all over me I feel a dead heart beating now This revelation makes me want to shout That Jesus has been sent And everything is different What a man of love That you are. Song and you're singing it all for me, yeah. I feel a dead heart beating now. This revelation makes me want to shout that Jesus has been saved. happiness with garments of praise you wrote a song and you're singing it all for me i feel a dead heart beating now this revelation makes me want to shout that Jesus. your table I am right where I belong in the door treasure no was mine home, cause you're here in my soul, you're an oasis in the desert, living water wherever I go, wherever I go, I'm home, cause you're here in my soul, you're an oasis in the desert. in the desert, living water all alone, wherever I go, wherever I go, I'm home, cause you're here in my soul. go, I'm home, cause you're here, my soul, you're an oasis in Sure. Let us
1: bow our heads. Sing the chorus just real quick. And just with our eyes closed. And let's just make it our worship before our Father. When I bow down.
0: When I bow down before you I am rich. Your, your presence, presence I-
1: Heavenly Father, as we have gathered here today, may we remember your words in John 19 where you took your last breath and you uttered these words, it is finished. Heavenly Father, let us not try to attain salvation or the place of getting to the next level in our own strength, but simply by surrender and submitting ourselves to you relying on the touch of the Holy Spirit Lord forgive us of our rebellious ways and Lord please kill the pride that is within us and may we submit to you today with humility we thank you for this time of worship we also want to thank you for the word that you have in store for us today I pray Lord that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all the hearts for those who will be here listening Lord, may it be pleasing in your sight, Lord God. As we declare, Lord, you are the author and the perfecter of our faith. You are our rock and our redeemer. We thank you. We love you. We give you all the glory and all the honor. Pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, and we pray. All of God's people pray. Amen. 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 Let's all take our seat and at this time before uh, we begin let's just take a moment to uh, greet our fellow neighbor uh, before we begin and I pray that as we uh, just have been gathering now uh, since the pandemic and a lot of ups and downs uh, I just want to just say to you that, um, that the Lord is good and that uh, I pray that we would honor the word, honor the presence of God with humility. And may we uh, receive the word here today with faith and with courage and with confidence. One thing that I can say confidently was that every time uh, when we came to church on Sunday, uh in the preparation of the message i truly believe that i gave my all in the preparation also in uh, even in our worship as well so may we in everything that we do even we're brushing outside or cleaning something on the floor may we do it in worship with everything that we have for the lord amen Amen. so with that uh, let's begin our today's message let's continue on with our series Real faith, real faith. Can we turn to our neighbor and say, do you have have real faith? faith. And then ask them, are you real? real? And then go, are you for real? (laughs) Are you for real? Yes, my faith is for real. I have real faith. Amen. 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 We're at part four, and the title of today's message is When Tempted. When Tempted. At church, we don't talk about temptation enough. We don't talk about the attack and the difference between temptation and testings and trials. There is a difference, and we're going to get to that today. Our scripture today is found in James 1, verse 13 through 15. I'm very excited that we're doing the book of James because there's so much that we can learn, the principle of God that we can learn in the book of James alone. And today, we're going to focus on verse 13 to 15. And in verse 13, it begins with, and it says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. I'll say that again. No one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. We need to understand that within his core of his character of who he is, he cannot tempt and, he, can, and he, is, he is not susceptible to temptation. Why? Because our God is a perfect God. He is a holy God. So he is not temptation, nor can he give temptation. Verse 14, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. I'll say that again. Each person is tempted when they are dragged away by what? Not the devil, but by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Amen. Amen. And when I read this passage, I correlate this with Romans 6, verse 23. It's not on the screen, but it says, For the wages of sin is death, but there's a flip side, and eternal hope, salvation that is offered to us, but the gift of God is eternal life, In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. So let's begin with this. My God is, my God is, number one, the one who gives me trials. In your prayers, in your life, when you're undergoing hardships, you are allowed to say this, that the Lord is the one that gives me trials trials just like our final song the path of life in Jesus what does it say it says his path is the only path that I'll take he is the one meaning he's the God what who tests me and tries me we believe and we know in the core of our being as a Christian individual that my God is the one who gives me trials it is not the devil but it is the Lord. And when God gives, whether it, is, it looks good or bad, it is always good. Why? Because our God is perfect and our God is a holy God. So we need to say here today confidently, with courage and with confidence, we need to say, my God is the one who gives me trials. In other words, he is the one who tries me. I will love the one who gives me trials. I choose today, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what I am feeling, to love the one who tries me, who tests me, who loves me, for it is all for my good. We need to understand that as a Christian, in everything, through the good and the bad, it is all for my good. In other words, through the good and the bad, The Lord is always good. Not sometimes, but always. Romans 8 verse 28, it says, and we know, what do we know? What do we know, Christian men and women of God? We know that in all things, all, all, everything, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Amen and amen. In other words, God has been, is, and will always be the one who gives you trials. So the question is, and many people will ask this question. Maybe you have asked this question. Why would a loving God, why would a patient God, who is patient and full of love, allow us humans to go through such trials and difficulties in this life, right? Some of the difficulties are what? Struggles, 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 financial struggles, attacks, anxieties of many sorts, panic attacks, loneliness, the depression, because surely they may say, if he truly loved us, if God loved me, he would not put me through trials, but we need to understand before we get to point two and talk about temptation, we need to understand and I want us to mark it and engrave it in our heart. Etch it in your brain and in your heart and in the core and your DNA of who you are. Let it flow within your blood. Every being, from the, your head to your toe, understand that the reality is as a Christian, the purpose of God for the Christian individual, for your life, for our lives, is not to make things easy and comfortable as many Christians will tell you. Many pastors will tell you to be a Christian is easy, it is convenient, and it is comfortable. But we need to understand that the purpose of God for your life Is this, is letter A, is to develop character. B is to grow in hope. And C is to attain the true crown of life. That is the end goal. That is the end game. That is why he saved you, so that you can attain the crown of life. What is the crown of life? It is eternity with God, with him, with Jesus Christ, our Lord. When I say A to develop character, I'm talking about in all of this true character as we say, Lord, whether it is good or bad, it is all for our good. As Joseph declared at the end, what you meant for evil, God intended it for good. As Paul declared, as I read earlier, Romans 8.28, we know that in all things, Lord, you work for the good of those those who love, who, what? who love you, who have been called according to his purpose. So as a Christian, we have this superpower, right? We have this shift of attitude. And Christians are superheroes, I guess, with this particular superpower. And it's amazing. It's not as cool as flying or shooting laser from your eyes having super strength. This is the superpower that we have. Every trial, we shift it into praise. Our attitude changes. Your heart becomes stronger. Your circumstances may not change, but you grow in faith. You grow in character. That is the superpower that we have. That is the hope that we have our faith grows and we mature and we understand that Lord through the suffering through the, the good and the bad it is all for our good a worldly individual will undergo suffering and will curse God they will turn away from the Lord they will betray the Lord just like Joe's wife curse God and die But the true Christian individual, their character will develop, they will grow in hope more, and they will attain ultimately the end. Is they will attain the true crown of life. That's why it says in Romans 5, verse 3 to 5. Paul here he says, not only so, but we what? We glory in our sufferings. Meaning you boast about your suffering. Hey, I had the worst week. Praise God. People may look at you. What's wrong with you? But we turn to Him and we glory in our sufferings. We boast about our sufferings. Why? Because it says here, because we know that suffering produces what? Perseverance. Perseverance, character. Character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Why? Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. That is the greatest miracle. It's the love of God that is poured into our hearts and we are transformed. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit that has been given unto us. This is something that cannot be taught. You cannot teach this to someone, but it is encounter by the touch of the holy spirit we know that suffering leads to perseverance perseverance character character hope and ultimately we have the ultimate hope that is found in our lord jesus christ and then in james 1 we read this earlier in our previous sermons verse 2 to 4 james a different individual, a different person from Paul says the same thing. How is it that they all share the similar mentality? How? Different individual, made with different DNA, different soul, different individual, different lifestyle, different background. But James also, he goes on, he says, Consider it what? Pure joy. Pure joy, my dear bro- my brothers and sisters. Whenever what? Not when things are easy, when things are going your way, but what? Whenever you face trials, in other words, sufferings of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish this work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And then skipping forward to verse 12, James 1:12. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. And then we see another writer, Peter, in 1 Peter 1, 3 to 9. But we're gonna focus, let's go to verse 6 just to cut it short. But he says, What? Peter, a different individual, he says, in all this you greatly rejoice. That sounds vaguely familiar to James and Paul, though now for a little while you have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him, even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you, you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Amen. Amen. But we need to remember that the victory has been attained already. We have already won. Victory has already been won for us. And the reality is, many people, we try to overcome with our own strength. You know, many of us, we try with discipline so that we can be transformed. No, that's not what transformation is. Transformation has already happened. Transformation is a supernatural act of God. The sanctification of our lives, only the touch and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit can transform a person inside out. That's it. It is not through discipline. It is not through attaining some sort of a new Bible or a method of doing good works. It has nothing to do with that. We have already attained victory through Jesus Christ. In other words... Death and sin no longer has hold over us. As it says in 1 Corinthians 15, death has been swallowed in victory. World of death is your victory. World of death is your, strength, is your sting. The sting of death is sin. Four times the word death is mentioned. More than three. Meaning death has complete power over the human individual. We cannot escape it. It is our greatest enemy but it says the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the love but, it says, but thanks be to God he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ the victory has already been won through who? through Jesus Christ not by you not by your good works not by your checklist it's already been won you have already attained the status of a victor therefore my dear brothers and sisters stand firm Let nothing move you. What are you afraid of if you have overcame death? Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And I have a few scriptures here, but for the sake of the service, I'll keep it short. You know, some of the references that I have here, it's not on the screen, but it's 2 Timothy 4. 1 Corinthians 9, 1 Peter 4, where it just talks about um, Paul fighting the good fight, how he kept the faith. And In 1 Corinthians 9, it talks about the prize, the runner, when they all run, that they go into strict training. But we don't do it to get a crown that will last on this earth, but we, get a, we work hard because we already have the crown that is in store for us by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we understand that in everything that we do, when we suffer, that it says, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. So in other words, my God, can you declare today before we get to point two, in faith, My God is the one who gives me trials. Can you? If you can, then you are a true Christian and you are a mature Christian. The goal and the purpose of God is to develop character. What what does that mean? It means ultimately in the end you say, Lord, everything that I'm going through right now, this bad week that I had is all for our good. You say, Amen. That is character. It's to grow in hope. Hope that we have in Jesus Christ and to attain the true crown of life for you to be in heaven with Him for all of eternity. That is the purpose of God for your life. That's number one. Let's get that out of the way. And then let's get to our title. Point number two, my God, my God is, number two, not the one who tempts me. Let's go to verse 13 of James 1, our main scripture. It says, when tempted, no one should say God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt any one. We all understand that our God is a Holy God, that our God cannot tempt. He is not susceptible to temptations and evil, meaning God is the Great I Am. He has never been tempted and never will. Even though he was, he, the devil tried to tempt Jesus, he never fell into temptation. So we can understand that temptation in itself is not sin. Even Jesus was tempted. But it's what we do after in the temptation. But before we get there, we need to understand that our God does not have any capacity for evil. Therefore, he cannot be tempted. All throughout the Bible, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, Leviticus 19 verse 2, it says, Be holy. Because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Moses is telling this to the assembly of the Israelites. To the Israelites, he's saying, God is saying, he is a holy God. And he is a holy God. Therefore, he does not, will not tempt any person, for it is not in his character to tempt. However, but this is the important part. That does not mean that God stops temptations. God does not stop all temptations. He does not. He actually allows temptations to happen. He allows it. He allows Satan, the agent of chaos, to tempt people. And the question is, why does God do this? That doesn't sound fair, Lord. Why would you allow Satan to bring temptation to my life? God allows temptations from the enemy. Why? To refine your faith, to refine the faith of the individual. It gives you the opportunity to depend and to rely on the Lord. In any and every temptation, God, he promises that there is a way out. It's very similar to trials, but it's completely different so at the end of it all as a christian we say lord through temptation and through trials i will always choose you so letter a to choose him when tempted or letter b to choose your flesh when tempted Letter A is the right way and the right path, and it gives us a way out of sin. Letter B is the wrong way, is the wrong path, and this is the way of compromise and compromising. And this decision, men and women of God, this falls on you. And God cannot make this decision for us. Only you can make this decision. Will you choose Jesus when you're tempted? will you choose your flesh when tempted. 1 Corinthians 10 12-13 says, So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, meaning everyone is susceptible to temptation. Not God, but you. Humans, yes. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So the question is, will we give in in temptation or find hope in the escape that God provides? A perfect example is of Joseph, Genesis 39, verse 11 to 12 it says Potiphar's wife lusted after Joseph day after day she would go after this young man and it says here in Genesis 39 verse 11 to 12 one day he went into the house to attend to his duties and none of the household servants was inside she, Potiphar's wife caught him by the cloak and said come to bed with me but he left this cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. So in temptations, during temptation, we should not aim to fight it, but what? But run. Run. You run away and you run to who? To God. Run away from it, run to God. So, pretty much, just to make it easier, it's not one to just one step, run to God. So you are running away, not away to somewhere else, but to who? To the Lord. To escape is important, but also your destination is important. You have to run to the Lord. It's like a street fight, right? Unless it is really absolutely necessary to fight, okay. If your loved one is being hurt or something really needs to be done, okay. But in the end, it's not worth it. right? The lawsuit, the police, going to jail, possibly murdering or hurting that person or you being murdered its not worth it. It's a losing battle. It's not worth it. Run. Run away. And walk away. But to who? to the Lord. I touched upon this earlier, to be tempted, again, is not sin. Just remember that. Even when Jesus, when he was here on earth, he was also tempted, but he did not give in to the temptation. It becomes sin when we are lured and we walk into sin willingly. It says in verse 14 of James 1, I mean scripture, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and Entice. The word here, drag. In other translation, it says, lure, lure away. It's like a trap set for animals, like a trap for with yummy baits. Don't be lured into it. Don't be tricked into it. Understand that it's a trap. Temptation is a trap. It's a strong urge. What is temptation? It's a strong urge and desire to fulfill our fleshly desire. And when this evil desire is fulfilled, it leads to what? To death. Look at verse 15 of James 1. Then after desire has conceived, meaning you have given in to temptation, you have sinned. It gives birth to sin, And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. It's a saying that when we sin, it leads to death. And in the end, you only have yourselves to blame. You bear the consequences of your sin. We cannot make excuses by saying, the devil made me do it. The other person made me do it. Everyone's doing it anyway. What's the big deal? I was pressured to do it. I thought it would be okay. And God forbid we say, God made me do it. God tempted me to do it. No. God cannot tempt you. For God cannot be tempted. It is in our flesh, the nature of sin, the fallen nature of a man, of a woman. And we all have temptation, but be careful to not pursue it, to not fall under the power of temptation. The true Christian, when we fall into temptation, the true Christian, we accept our wrongdoing and we take responsibility for his or her actions. How do they do that? Psalm 51 is a good example. We repent. David says, For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you only have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight. Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquity created me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Amen. And amen. Amen. When we fall under sin and when we take the bait of temptation, when we say, it is not God, tempts me, but Lord, I understand my fallen nature, I understand that I am weak. Therefore I will turn to you with humility and with repentance, and we take responsibilities for our actions. We turn to him with humility, amen? That's what we do when we are tempted. Letter A, we choose him or we choose our flesh. It's one or the other. And sometimes you will find yourself as a Christian. I mean, let's be honest here. We choose B often. But just know that there will be consequences when we choose B. But may we repent. Even if we choose B, there is a way out. Psalm 51, we repent. We ask the Lord for forgiveness. We turn to him. But ultimately, year after year, as we grow in our faith, may we choose A, to choose him when tempted. And what do we do when we're tempted? We what? Do we try to fight? No, we run. Run away, but run to, to the Lord. Amen. Amen. And lastly, point number three. My God is, my God is what? The author and the perfecter of my finite life. This life right now, that life that you're living is a battle. It's the war, the great war. We're in the midst of the great war. There are many battles, you know, World War I, World War II, but there is only one, the ultimate war, and it's the spiritual war. It's the war and the soul of men and women all over the world, from the past to the present and to the future. And we need to understand that my God is the author and the perfecter of my finite life. Hebrews 12 verse 2, it says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, in other words, the author and perfecter of faith. So the word here, I know it says pioneer, but in other translations, it says author. So the word author, Greek translated, it means, this is what the word author means. It means chief. It means the captain. It means the leader. So author means the leader, the chief, the captain. The word "perfector," the Greek translated, the word is the finisher. He is the completer. He is the one that completes it. So in other words, if you were to paraphrase it, Jesus, we say, Jesus, he is our captain who finishes what he starts. I'll say that again. He is the captain. He is not just the captain. He is my captain. He is our captain. He is the captain of your life. He is our captain who finishes what he starts. So if you're ever in a boat, And he, Jesus, is our captain. He will never abandon ship. He will always guide us and be there with us each and every season of our lives. And what he started, he will make sure he finishes. He will bring you to your destination. In other words, through Jesus, the bridge has already been made for us. We talked about 1 Corinthians 15. Death or death, death and death and death. We understand death no longer has power over us. But verse 57, But thanks be to God, He gives us the victory through our Lord, Jesus Christ. Romans 5.8, it says, While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Meaning our salvation is secure on the work of Jesus Christ. Again, I'll say that again. Your salvation is secure on the work of Jesus Christ. Not your work, but on the work of Jesus Christ. What is the work that I'm talking about? That work is what he did on the road to Calvary. It is what he did. The work that I'm talking about is what he did on the cross when he died for our sins, when he bled his death and the resurrection. I'm talking about the work of God that gives us security in the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. So in the midst of our doubts and in the midst of our struggles, we say with confidence, with courage, that we have already attained victory. There's nothing more I need to do and... Nothing less. Everything has already been finished. But in the midst of this war, I will continue to fight. When tempted, I will run. And I will run to the Lord. And throughout my life, through up and down, I will say, Lord, you are the author and the perfecter of my finite Life, meaning he is the captain that will finish what he started in you. You may feel like, Lord, I'm not worthy. No, you don't know how much I've fallen from temptation, from sin. But he gives you a way out. The way out is repentance. Turn to him with repentance, because ultimately we have security in our salvation in the work of Christ, what he did on the cross. What Jesus Christ started in us and within you, it will be completed by him. Jesus is the one that sustains you. Jesus is the one that watches over you. Jesus is the one that cares for you. Jesus is the one that will complete it for you. Let's close with these two scriptures here. Actually, three scriptures. Well, the last one, I want to save it for the end when the priesting comes out. But let's do a Philippians 1.6. And Paul is the author here, and he says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. Jesus, Amen. And amen. amen. Again, he is the pioneer, the author, the perfecter of your faith. And Paul, he goes on and he says the same thing. As it says in Hebrews, that he who began a good work in you, he will finish it, unto completion. And in First Corinthians one eight. Paul says, he will also keep you firm. Not that you will keep yourself firm, but I, the Lord, will keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. And I want all of us to read John 19, verse 30 together. And this is the passage that I would like for you to memorize this week. Memorize it. John 19 verse 30 it's very easy okay 1930 just memorize these three words it is finished what is it John 19 verse 30 it is finished when he had received the drink Jesus said it is finished with that he bowed his head and gave up his Spirit. The work of salvation, the work of victory has already been finished through the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is why we are able to say, when tempted, we say, my God is the author and the perfecter of my finite life. We are all imperfect beings, we know this. And we all fall short, and we know this. But, like I said in Romans 5 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not when you got your act together, but while we were still sinners, while we were struggling, Christ died for the ungodly. Amen. And amen. And with that truth, I want to invite the priest team to come up. Yes, Lord, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted and they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is is full-grown, gives birth to death. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you that even when we do fall and when we have fallen, we don't have strength to walk again. You give us a way out. And that way out is you, Lord. The gift of God. But the gift of God. But the gift of God is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 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 Lord, we pray all these things. Every prayer that was said, every words that were uttered, everything in our hearts, Lord, every prayer, everything within us, we know that, God, it was not in vain that you heard us from heaven. May not fall to the ground and disappear but may it take root. And Lord, I believe in faith that you are here with us and you are here with us. And Lord, you hear us when we cry to you. We thank you, we love you. We give you all the glory and all the honor. Pray all these things. In your precious Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. All of God's people pray. Amen. 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 Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Let us lift our hands together.
1: seat let's end the service with the benediction it says this in the book of James "Uh, don't be deceived my dear brothers and sisters every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows he chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. And now, may the unending pursuit of our Lord Jesus Christ, and may the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good in doing his work and in doing his will. And may he continue to work within you and within us, what is pleasing in his sight, not through our own works, not through our own accomplishments, not through our own checklists, but simply through our Lord, the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ. May we continue to give him all the glory and all the honor, glory forever and ever. And all of God's people pray, amen Amen. and amen. 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 God bless you. I love you. I will see you all in the back. God bless you.